Is there ever a time for war? Is there ever right to just go to battle? Stay with me. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Hello, friends. Welcome to Open Line with Dr. Michael Rydelnik, Moody Radio's Bible study across America. My name is Michael Rydelnik. I'm the academic dean at Moody Bible Institute, also professor of Jewish studies at the school. I'm so glad to be with you sitting around the radio kitchen table as we talk about your questions about the Bible, God, and the spiritual life. If you have a question and you'd like to call, the phone number here is this. Ready? Write it down. 877-548-3675. Let me give it to you again. 877-548-3675. A lot of times people say to me, I try to call and it's always busy. How do I get in? Let me tell you the best way to get your call in is call now at the beginning of the program when everyone else is getting their coffee to sit down at the radio kitchen table. Even me, I have my coffee here. Now's the time to call. Here's the number, 877-548-3675. Trisha McMillan is our producer, handling all things technical today, is Courtney Young, and uh, we'll see a little bit later on who's answering the phones. Uh, Maybe no one's answering. No, there's someone answering the phones. Uh, Now, go up, get yourself a cup of coffee, open your Bible, because we're going to study the scriptures together. But before we get to your questions, let's talk about the current war that is just in the last week, developing in Gaza. Uh, Now, Israel has gone to war, not with the Palestinians, I want to be really clear about that, uh, but with Hamas. And the reason is what we learned about last Saturday, which was the brutal and barbaric attack against Israeli citizens. They struck by land and sea and air, They entered civilian areas, Uh, Hamas did. They brutally murdered, raped, decapitated innocent civilians. They were horrific in their behavior, and uh, they murdered 1,300 mostly civilians on that day. They kidnapped or captured 150 to 200 civilians. It's heartbreaking when I hear and see the stories of the babies and toddlers brought as captive into into Gaza, hidden away there, brutally tortured. Uh, Holocaust survivors brought as captives to Gaza. And also, I have a, a student, an Israeli, who has been involved in ministry in Israel. He said that uh, four Holocaust survivors whom he has shared the good news with in the past, murdered brutally by Hamas. Uh, And one of the soldiers who fell in the early battle is the son of a messianic leader in in the land of Israel, someone that my student has had as a a kid in his camp uh, ministry that he had as a counselor. Just horrific behavior beyond belief And the response was by the Israeli cabinet and approved by the Israeli parliament, a declaration of war against Hamas. Now, who is this Hamas? It's a nihilistic, cynical 
Islamic terrorist group does not truly represent the Palestinian people. In fact, they oppress their own people. Uh, they care more for the death of their own people uh, so they can get propaganda value out of it than they care about any caring for the needs of the Palestinians. They live in an unoccupied area by Israel. They live in the Gaza Strip, and they have taken control there. They had a coup d'etat against the Palestinian Authority. They took over, and they oppressed their people. Israel has now gone to war. Uh, what's the responsibilities of the Israeli government, biblically, as a response to what Hamas did last week. The very first response, in my opinion, is Israel, the government of Israel, has a responsibility before God to go to war. A, a lot of times people say, oh, no, I've been hearing a lot of this. You know, we, we should all sit down and talk, and uh, there should be negotiations and ceasefire, and there's a lot of uh, simple sentimentality that I hear, especially by people who love the Lord. I think what they do is they confuse personal ethics of not having vengeance and governmental responsibility. This is what the New Testament says. This is the New Testament ethic regarding the government. It says in Romans 13, 4, for government is God's servant for your good. Notice the government is a servant of God. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because it does not carry the sword for no reason. This is really crucial to understand that the sword was the assault weapon, the M16 of the Roman uh, Empire. So it's saying that the government does not carry the assault weapon or the M16 for no reason. Once again, for government is God's servant an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. Very simply put, the government has a responsibility to protect the innocent and punish the wicked. That is a service to God. So before God, I am convinced that the Israeli government now has a responsibility before God as God's servant to go and, and end this threat the continuing threat of the Hamas terrorist organization. They have a responsibility before God to go to war. Secondly, the government of Israel has a responsibility before God to protect the innocent. When they go to war now in Gaza to take out Hamas, they have a responsibility before God to protect the innocent. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 7, it says, do not kill the innocent. Civilians, this is part of just war theory, civilians should not be the target. And I want to assure every listener, the government of Israel does not want to have any collateral damage. They don't, they don't want it. They do not target civilians. Unfortunately, Hamas embeds in civilian areas. The government of Israel has sent text messages Call, made phone calls, dropped leaflets, telling the civ innocent civilians of Gaza to go to the southern border. They just recently negotiated with Egypt to open the Rafah crossing to allow Palestinian civilians to go into Egypt to get away from this. It is crucial to understand that Israel does not want to hurt any innocent people. They are going after Hamas. They're trying to obey Exodus 23, 7. 
Here's the problem. Hamas embeds among their own citizens. They go into hospitals and schools. And now that Israel is trying to get them to leave, Hamas has set up checkpoints to prevent innocent civilians from getting away. They're trying to force them to stay there so that they can cynically use uh, the collateral damage as a propaganda tool against Israel. Israel is doing everything that they can uh, to protect the innocent. This whole time, this started with a barrage on Saturday last week of 3,000 rockets into Israel as cover for the terrorist assault. They have nonstop been attacking Israel with rockets. And this is what we know. Israel uses their rockets to protect their people. The Hamas uses their people to protect their rockets. They use them as human shields. So Israel has a responsibility to protect the innocent, and they also have a responsibility. And I couldn't find a verse for this. It's really important to know, but I think according to Just War, to use appropriate force, to use appropriate force. Uh, This is the law of proportionality, and it is so misused by the media and by most people. What they understand about proportionality is this. They think that if Israel has a certain number of casualties, that that's the maximum amount of casualties that there should be on the Palestinian Hamas side. That's not what proportionality or appropriate force means. What it means is that the government of Israel needs to use appropriate force to accomplish their war objective. It would not be that Israel should go in and kill 1,300 civilians brutally the way Hamas did. It would not be to go in to uh, Gaza and kidnap, capture 150 to 200 civilians and torture them in Israel. That is not proportionality. What proportionality is, is using sufficient force to accomplish their war objective. Their force should be in proportion to their objective. Just like the United States and the Allies did in World War II, uh, there were more casualties uh, on the part of the uh, Nazis and their axis than on the allies. Allies, it was uh, it, what it was though is they had to use proportional force. Uh, now, what about us? What do we do? What's our responsibility? I believe we need to stand with Israel. Genesis twelve three. Believers need to stand with Israel. Uh, it says, "I will bless those who bless you and curse the one who curses you." That's really important. We need to oppose Hamas. It is a wicked wicked, genocidal organization that wants not just the destruction of Israel, but the the genocide of Jewish people around the world. Uh, Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against Israel will prosper. We have to stand against this organization that wants to prosper in their attacks on Israel. We need to oppose Hamas. So we stand with Israel, we oppose Hamas, and we should never justify Hamas. what Proverbs 17:15 says is that we are never to justify the wicked. And I've heard a lot of stuff in the media justifying, oh, well, there's no justification. There is no justification for what Hamas has done and wants to do. Uh, woe to those, Isaiah 5:20 says, Isaiah 5:20 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That is just essential that we know. Uh, we cannot justify what Hamas has done, though there are many people usually on university campuses, not the Moody campus, I'll tell you that, but on university campuses trying to justify Hamas. Ecclesiastes 
3.8 tells us there is a time for war and a time for peace. Sadly, this is a time for war. I want to guard us, guard us all from the soft sentimentality and the pious platitudes that I hear so often of, let's just, why can't we all just get along? This is a time when people need government, a government like Israel needs to take action. Uh, I want to direct you to that there's a Pray for Israel page that Moody Radio has set up, and it shows you all the ways that you can pray, because that is, I believe, our last responsibility. We need to pray, pray, pray. We need to pray for Israel to defeat Hamas. We need to pray for the success and safety of the Israel Defense Forces. We need to pray for the safety of the Palestinians who are being held by Hamas. We need to beware of all those things and pray. And uh, go to the openlineradio.org, our webpage. There's a link there to go to the Pray for Israel page. Uh, I, uh, I think that, that it's crucial that we understand these things. I'm going to take a break right here, come back with your questions about the Bible, God, and the spiritual life. I have a special friend in. We're going to talk about some interesting things for a few minutes. So stay with me. You'll, you'll meet the vice president and dean of student life and dean of enrollment at Moody Bible Institute. Don't go away. This is Michael Radelnik, and I'll be right back. Well, before we go to the phones, this is Michael Radelnik. I'm glad you're listening to Open Line today. I want to mention our current resource. It's... uh, It's a book that helps us read, study, and understand, meditate on God's Word better. That's what we want to do. Pastor Colin Smith has written 10 Keys for Unlocking the Bible. It's a small book that gives the big picture of how to read the Bible. It'll unlock a deeper understanding of the Scriptures, help us get more time out of the Word. It's simple. It's helpful. It's something you're going to really love, and it's yours when you give a gift of any size to OpenLine. It's our way of saying thank you for helping support this program. Thank you for your generosity. All you have to do is call 888-644-7122 or go to openlineradio.org. And remember, when you give, be sure to ask for 10 keys for unlocking the Bible. Now, we're going to go to the phones, but I have a friend with me right here, uh, Dr. William Washington. Uh, now, William, you are uh, the dean. You've got so many jobs here at Moody Bible Institute. You're the dean of student life. You're the dean of enrollment. And you're, you're any other jobs that I'm not aware of? Well, I'm also a kitchen table partner. That's, what I, that, <laughs> that's not your job, though. It's my honor. Yeah, it's his volunteering. Now, uh, some people heard me a few weeks ago talk about uh, being a kitchen table partner, and someone wanted to know how many there were. You called the program, said how many there were. We're around 600 right now, uh, which I'm really, really grateful for. You've got the challenge. It was, we had about 500 when you asked, and now uh, our goal is for this year to see that number double to 1,000. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Great. But I wanted to to ask you, uh, you had a special event yesterday at Moody uh, 
that you oversaw as the Dean of Enrollment. What was it? And tell me about it. Yeah, thank you, Doc, for having me on the show. I'm so accustomed to being at home and now to be across the table face-to-face uh, is just a great honor. You've got coffee. You've got a Bible. We're all good, right? We're all That's good. It. We're yeah. all good. But yeah. yesterday we had our Experience Moody event where we showcase what Moody Bible Institute is all about. We had approximately 76 parents and students mm-hmm. who came on campus who experienced chapel life, who had an opportunity to engage with faculty, uh, ask questions, uh, tour the campus. But it was an opportunity for them to have a firsthand knowledge of the Moody Bible Institute and the transformational value it can have in their lives when they enroll as a student here. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. I, I know, uh, and maybe I'll, I, sh- I know I have to go to the phones, so maybe what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions later on. Every time when we come back, I'm going to ask you a question about coming to Moody this hour, okay? All right, sounds so, good. But let me go back to the phones right now. We're going to talk to Eva in Canton, Ohio, listening on WCRF. Welcome to Open Line, Eva. How can I help you today? Well, shalom, Michael. Hi. <laughs> I've been wanting to talk to you for the longest time. I listen to you every Saturday religiously. <laughs> okay. Well, um, that's uh, <laughs> faithfully. Let's just say faithfully. Okay. Thank well, you. Faithfully. Oh, oh. yes, I should say. I'm, I really meant that. I really, I truly did, because yeah. I don't go for organized religion. Um, yeah, anyway, that's why I go to my I'm, congregation. We call it disorganized religion. Yeah, well, I understand that, too. Um, And plus, I have the same name as your wife, so... Yeah, which, uh, you know, uh, it was an uh, unusual name, I think, when you and Eva got named that. Uh, I found out that there's it's a very popular name with little kids now, so it's it's coming back in. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah. And you know what's really funny, if I may just insert this real quick, um, I was at a uh, banquet the other day for our local pregnancy support center area, mm-hmm. and they have what they call the EVA Women's Clinic. Huh. And I, I asked them, I says, I was curious, does it stand for something, you know, like EVA? you know, with a period in between. She said, no. She said, it's Eva. And do you know what it stands for? It stands for life. Ah, that's because, yeah, that's what Eva the word. Eva stands for life. And that's... I thought, well, that makes sense. Who yeah. was the first woman ever created? Yeah, Chava. That's it. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Any, How can I help Anyway, you? Michael, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I know with all this uh, that's going on and everything and what you were um saying earlier i i just want one quick comment and then i want to go into the question um you know you were talking about how we are not you know i mean israel has nothing against the palestinians themselves and i agree with that um and isn't it ironic that they never gave a warning to the israel israeli people when they bombarded them last week so horrifically but yet israel has the heart and the gall to go ahead and warn the palestinian people to get out because they don't want to hurt them yeah that's an unusual thing uh you know the united states did not send flyers to dresden when the united states yeah. and the allies uh bombed yeah. dresden uh it's Israel is doing their best. It's not a good a war aim. It's to let the enemy know when you're coming. But it is, uh, uh, I think, uh, an ethical and uh, well, it is. good thing. Considering the way it happened yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. Well, well, go ahead with your I, question, I okay? Okay, the question is, uh, are we, well, a lot of people ask me, are we kind of in the end times already? 
Um, I, I just kind of want to know your uh, take sure. on that. I know that we're kind of possibly in the birth pangs. Yeah. Okay, well, let me just go over. First of all, the end times actually began with the arrival of the Lord Jesus in his first coming. So we've been in the end times for the last 2,000 years. Uh, that's important to remember. Secondly, uh, obviously with the rebirth of Israel, which appears to me to be an end time event, uh, it promises it in Ezekiel 36, 24, Ezekiel 37 and 38, or 30, Ezekiel 37 with the dry bones prophecy. Uh, there are a number of places in scripture where it promises the regathering of the Jewish people before they believe in the Lord Jesus. That one day they will, but the regathering of Israel still. Uh, and so it's, that puts us even closer, seeming, uh, to the end of the age. Uh, of course, there's something that I see at the end of the future tribulation when all nations gather against Israel. And one of the things I see frequently is that the uh, United Nations has taken a very negative stand against Israel. Uh, even now, there are nations that are opposed to Israel. But I do see today uh, there's been a lot of positive support from the European Union and from France and places that normally don't support Israel after this terrorist attack. I would just caution everyone to say in a couple of weeks when this war drags on, there will be less support for Israel. I'm convinced of that. That's why we need to stay firm in our convictions. I think it'd be really important to let our public officials know that we want Israel to be able to finish the job against Hamas. Uh, now, the, the reason I say this is we will see greater, there's greater anti-Semitism, greater anti uh, Israel attitudes, and I think that is a foreshadowing of what will happen at the end of days. But all, all I can tell you is every day we get closer to the rapture. Every moment it could happen, we need to be ready anytime because the Lord Jesus could return. And then many of these events that you see in Matthew 24 will unfold. Anyway, thanks for your call, Eva. Really appreciate it. Uh, Claudia in Fishers, Indiana. Welcome to Open Line. How can I help you? Yes, good morning. Um, when Jesus By the way, I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention you're listening on WGNR, Moody Radio, Indiana. I love that station. So, thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man in the Gospels, the Pharisees see that as him claiming divinity. And I was wondering, do the Jewish people think that the Messiah will be divine or they don't think he'll be divine? Is that what upset them so much? Well, the, the Jewish people uh, do not believe in a divine Messiah today. Okay. Uh, the, the, they think he's a specialized person, uh, that he is uh, a, uh, a pre pre-existing figure, uh, and, uh, he's, uh, but he, they do not see him as divine. Uh, and I think that's, that's just, uh, something that, that, and I think in the, in my opinion, historically, when we look at it, uh, historically in biblical times, I think there was this concept of a coming Messiah who would be God, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given. His name and the government will be on his shoulders. 
and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. So there was this concept of a, of a divine Messiah, that God would, Messiah would be God in the flesh. After the Babylonian captivity, Jewish people went into captivity because of, of idolatry, and as a result of that, they began to reinterpret in the post-exilic or after they returned from exile, they began to reinterpret some of those Old Testament passages that talked about a, a Messiah being God, said, no, that can't be. We don't want to get in trouble again. But I think oh. from earliest times, they thought there was a divine Messiah. And that's why they got so upset with the Lord Jesus when he said uh, to the high priest, uh, you will see the Son of Man descending. Remember they said, are you the Messiah? And his answer was, you'll see the Son of Man descending with power in the clouds. And they, the high priest tears his garment and says, what more do we need? He's committed blasphemy, right? It's because they right. saw that he was claiming deity and they thought no man can be God, that God can't become a man. So I believe that that's why it's because of the exile that it caused people to abandon that. But I think you're right that the uh, the Daniel 7 passage, which says that there's this figure who is like a son of man, that indicates his deity. He is, goes before the Ancient of Days. There's two thrones, one for the Ancient of Days, one for the Son of Man who will receive the kingdom. So often, New Testament scholars say when the Lord Jesus' favorite title for himself, Son of Man, indicates his humanity, it really is indicating his deity and humanity. It's referring back to Daniel 7. Well, we're going to come back with the mailbag in just a moment. You're listening to Open Line with Michael Wright Elnick. Don't go away. We're coming right back at you. We're back. My name is Michael Rydelnik. This program is called Open Line, and it's about your questions. Normally, it's the ones you call in, but we also collect questions by you sending them in. It's the mailbag feature. We call it the uh, FI, uh, the FEBC mailbag. The Far Eastern Broadcasting Company is partnering with Moody Radio, and the way to send your question in is go to openlineradio.org. Click on the link that says Ask Michael a Question. Uh, FEBC is partnering with Moody Radio to help bring you Open Line. That's a wonderful organization that broadcasts into places that we could never get with the gospel. They get it in there, and you can get a deeper perspective on how the gospel is advancing in the world's most unreached countries through the weekly podcast called Until All Have Heard with Ed Cannon. All the details for this and more about FEBC's extensive outreach can be found at febc.org. That's febc.org. Okay, now I've got two people here with me, Trisha McMillan with the mailbag. She's our producer. Hey, Trisha. Hi. And uh, I, I'll let everyone know. Should I tell them what you're wearing on your head? Yeah. Sure. She's got, uh, Trisha and I went to, she went with Eva and I and her husband, Nate, and a, a hundred of our closest friends. Uh, our open line listeners. Our open line listeners went to Israel with us in uh, June, and uh, Trisha picked up this really nice baseball cap with an Israeli flag on it, and thank you, Trisha, for wearing that today. I you're really welcome. I appreciate it. And also, here's William Washington. Now, uh you know, William Washington, Dr. William Washington, this high-level executive at Moody Bible Institute, the guy in charge of all student life, enrollment, 
he listens to Open Line and became a uh, kitchen table partner, right? That's right. That's right. And wants to see that number expand. Now, why would you? I mean, you don't. You're not. We're not required to be kitchen table partners to work at Moody Bible Institute. Why would you choose to do that? I think it's important uh, for us to support programs and stations like yours. We need to know exactly what the Bible is saying about specific events in the Bible, in the world, how we can continue to promote growth in our lives so that we can be better used to be salt and light in the world. And this program and what Moody does promotes that on a great scale. We need to we need to support that even more. Well, I so appreciate that. You know, William's my great friend, so he's totally biased in my favor. So, but uh, I so appreciate it. I couldn't believe it when you and your wife kind of became kitchen table partners. It meant so much to me. And then he, you started badgering me about, <laughs> you need to talk about doubling the impact because that's what we talk about at Moody, uh, about uh, doubling the number of kitchen table partners. Tricia, you looked up the number for me. I did. There's 572 partners yeah, right now. Right now, 572. I know we're getting close to the 600 number. And, uh, you know, God willing... If the Lord has put it on your heart to say, I would like to support this program, and uh, the best way you can do it is by giving monthly and helping us that way and uh, praying for us regularly. And I just so appreciate it when people become part of the Kitchen Table Partner family. I appreciate every listener, honestly, uh, but it's it's very generous and kind, and we appreciate it so much. If you'd like to become a Kitchen Table Partner, what I would like to do is send you every other week a Bible study moment. It's a digital uh, audio Bible study prepared exclusively for our open line listeners. And uh, you'll get that in the email every other week if you become a kitchen table partner. The number to become a kitchen table partner is 888-644-7122. Or you can sign up online at openlineradio.org. And thanks, William, for doing that. Uh, okay, Trisha, we're going to uh, talk uh, about the questions people have sent in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I've actually had a phone call about this as well this morning. Um, but the first question is from Andrea in Texas. She listens to the podcast and wants to know what reliable news organization you prefer for information on what's happening in Israel. She said, so hard to know who's reporting clearly and not biased against Israel. Yeah. You know, uh, there are a lot of different uh, sources for news, and I look at a lot of them. But I, I read their biases into them. I, in my opinion, there's one online newspaper in Israel that it's in English, but it's in Israel. Uh, that is the one source that I feel uh, gives accurate and up-to-date information. And they, they play it right down the middle. They don't, they don't seem to, they're, they're like unusual for journalism because journalism today is so biased. But time, and they, they will have editorials and comments, and you know that they'll have all sorts of different perspectives. Uh, uh, but in terms of the news reporting, it appears to be, in my opinion, the most accurate and uh, bias-free, and that's uh, timesofisrael.com. Timesofisrael.com, the name of the newspaper, obviously, is the Times of Israel, uh, timesofisrael.com, and they they don't have paywalls or anything like that. The only thing that will happen is if you keep accessing it, like I do, for up-to-the-minute reports, because they have an up-to-the-minute blog to tell you everything that's happening, they will say, you could become a supporter. The, 
but they don't require it. That there's no paywall. So I think it's a great newspaper, timesofisrael.com. Uh, for years I've been, li- well, for about a year and a half now, two years, I've been listening. Every morning they have a 15-minute uh, daily update on news from Israel, and I listen to it every morning. Uh, it's a podcast that they have. So that's a very good website, very fair and balanced. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. I know I know that's very helpful because um, even... I was telling you, I was listening to the news on the way in. It's sometimes it's very hard to pick up the bias to to us who are not used to um, the verbiage and language mm-hmm. used in talking about Israel. Um, that it's it's so normal to what we hear that we're not sure. It, it's harder to pick up that bias yeah. sometimes. So yeah. thank you for that website. Yeah. It's a good it's a good website and also. Uh, I do want to remind people that if they go to openlineradio.org, there's a, a Moody Radio uh, link that has been put up there called Pray for Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a, a really good perspective to get about how to pray about what's going on. Uh, and, you know, I, I want to be really clear. I, I, I do want Israel to defeat Hamas, and I'm praying for that. But I also would like to see Palestinian suffering end, and I care about them, and I, I am hoping and praying that God would get them around and away from Hamas so they can get to places of safety. Uh, I, I care deeply. Uh, I loved it yesterday, by the way, on Chris Fabry. What, uh, you, two Israelis were interviewed by Chris, mm-hmm. and they both said, we are pro-Palestinian. Mm-hmm. We care about the Palestinians. We don't want to see them suffer. Uh, and I think that that was just a wonderful perspective to have. Uh, one of those was a student of mine, and God bless him. He he's he's going back to Israel, and uh, he's we'll, currently a student of yours. Yeah, he's yeah. a student of mine, and he was called up, and he's going back to. His, he said uh, he's he's a tank commander, and he's going. His his unit is at the border of Gaza right mm. now, so his name's Michael, and uh, I'm praying for him and for his safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that website is on our website, like Michael said. It is a green button that I made uh, that says, um, I think it says pray for Israel. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make it this morning, so I, I don't recall what I actually put on the button. But it's the button there that just says pray for Israel website. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's easier, you can go to moodyradio.org. There's a banner flashing across that you can also click on. Um, our next our next question, well, one of the programs also there is when you were on Monday on, with Chris Fabry Live. Mm-hmm. We had set that up ahead of time. I, I mean, like a couple months ago for you to be on that day. Yeah, not, not about very Israel. Providential. Not about Israel. We were doing what we're doing here, mm-hmm. answering Bible questions. And um, then when this happened Saturday, we kind of shifted the focus for that program. But that program you can hear as well on that website. Which has my friend Michael Van Lanningham and also... My, my dear friend Avner from Israel, mm-hmm. who is, uh, we went to Moody and Dallas Seminary together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Kat heard that program, and she's in Peoria, Illinois, listens to WBNH, and heard you and Avner talking and discussing Psalm 83 mm-hmm. and how it could be prophetic of what's going on. Mm-hmm. She read a commentary that said Psalm 83 is speaking about the war in Second Chronicles 20. Mm-hmm. Could you add your insight to this? Sure. Is that... Yeah. yeah, it has to do with uh, an interpretive approach to the book of Psalms. Uh, and th- this is really, uh, okay, 
Uh, let's see if I can get into the weeds here with our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Okay, just an overall understanding of the Psalms. In the past, people have read the Psalms sort of as 150 little separate books. Yes. And they're looking for the historical background of those individual books. The latest trend in uh, Psalm studies by both secular critical scholars and uh, believing Bible scholars is to say, wait a minute, the Psalms was a book together, put together after Israel returned from exile because it's got Psalms from all different periods of time. Uh, it's more like a hymn book that was compiled, at, or I like to call it, it's a playlist of, okay. uh, that was compiled after Israel returned from exile. So they'll have Psalms by Moses from 1400 BC. There's Psalms by David, obviously a lot of them from 1000 BC, but there's also Psalms of the exile. You know, by the waters of Babylon, there we lay down. Psalms of the return, like Psalm 126, uh, when the Lord brought back the captive ones to Zion, we were as those who dreamed. So therefore, the Psalms need to be read as a post-exilic book. And all the events that people are talking about that happened in the past, that's not in mind of the person who compiled the book of the Psalms. What they're looking at is, for the most part, they talk about the end of days when the nations will come to know the Lord. They're talking about events in the end of days when Messiah comes. Uh, it's it's seeing it really from an end of days perspective. So I would say two things. There's sort of a story in the Psalms of how one Psalm connects to the next Psalm. I think that's a very helpful thing that we mentioned in the Moody Bible commentary, how each Psalm is connected to the next and that they have an end of days perspective that they are mostly looking forward to the end of days, coming of the Messiah, and it kind of blends the first and second comings, and then ultimately the, the end of, of days. And so Psalm 83 is not talking about a past war, like some commentaries used to say, but really the, the latest trend would say, this is talking about the end of days when all nations gather against Israel, when they say, come let us wipe them out as a nation so, what's, so that Israel's name will no longer be remembered. That's the end of days, last battle, when they try to destroy Israel. And uh, they have conspired with one mind. I love this. They form an alliance against you. Hatred for the people of Israel, the desire to destroy Israel, is actually hatred for the God of Israel. That's how they express it. And God then promises uh, uh, to deliver them. Here's, I love this. A lot of times we don't want to pray there. this, but this is talking about those who want to destroy the Jewish people. The psalmist says, make them like tumbleweed, my God like straw before the wind, as fire burns a forest, as a flame blazes through the mountains. So pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your storm. That would be applicable today when we talk about those who want to commit genocide against the Jewish people, against the people of Israel whom God loves. So it's an eschatological... Uh, uh, yes. what, real quick, you're, yeah. you're calling it a trend... Often that means like get rid of like it may pass. Are you saying this is how we should view no. it? I believe that's okay. how we should interpret right. the Psalms. That's All right. right. Thank you. We're, we're going to come back with more of your questions in just a moment. That was a great question, by the way. Appreciate it. That was Trish McMillan. I'm Michael Idelic. William Washington's here too. We're going to be right back with more of your questions on Open Line. Welcome back to Open Line. You know, uh, Chosen People Ministries. I be, is is it, uh, Trisha? Maybe you can help me. What's uh, what do they have? 
uh, I think it's the, is it a prayer for Israel calendar that they're offering? Uh, I, I, think, I, I think they are offering a pray for Israel calendar, the Messianic Jewish art calendar. I got to check on that. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to keep up. It's been a busy week. But uh, regardless, Chosen People Ministries always has an excellent offer for our listeners uh, and they, they really help us to know and pray for the Jewish people to understand the gospel. And so if you're interested in getting the Chosen People offer, all you have to do is go to the Open Line website. That's openlineradio.org. Scroll down. You'll see a link that says a free gift from Chosen People Ministries. Click on that. You'll be taken to a page where you can get the current Chosen People gift offer. Uh, well, uh, William Washington is here. And... Uh, I wanted to ask you, what is, you know, you're the Dean of Enrollment. That means you're in charge of encouraging people to uh, come to Moody and uh, send their kids to Moody. Why, what's the best reason for someone to come to Moody Bible Institute for their college education? Why do you think it's so important for them to come? I think it's important because at Moody, you're going to learn how to integrate faith, living, and learning on a scale that is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. You're going to be involved in classes that will be teaching you truth from God's Word. You'll be surrounded by faculty members who will be investing in you to develop who you are as a man and woman of Christ. And you're going to be exposed to doing ministry on a hands-on basis with the many different ethnic communities mm -hmm. in the city of Chicago. So basically, Chicago is the world pot. And if you want to make an impact for the world, this is a great place to begin that practical educational experience to prepare you for the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what I always say is that Moody is the best place to get a foundation for life, regardless of what your career will be, uh, to study the Bible. To, I mean, there's, there's great majors at Moody, but I find the most important thing that we do is we give people a foundation for spiritual life, a foundational foundation for ministry, because we're all going to serve the Lord no matter what, what career we choose. Uh, we, we get a foundation for biblical worldview, how to think. Uh, it's, just, it's just the best foundation. I tell people, yeah, go to law school, go, go to medical school, go to wherever you want to go, but go to Moody first, because it's the best foundation for life. That's right. Yesterday yeah. at our Experience Moody event, we had families who flew in from California, Texas, Florida, Michigan. And I asked, hey, what propelled you to make the trip, the commitment to come to Moody? And it's exactly what you said. They wanted their sons and daughters to be prepared by Moody Bible Institute faculty to make to be difference makers in the world. And the Bible is the foundation to accomplish that end. Mm -hmm. It's the foundation of our curriculum. That's what's so crucial. Even other subjects that we teach, whether it's history, literature, it's always integrated with Scripture. So anyway, thanks for, thanks for being here to let people know about that. Uh, we're going to go to the phones. Gustavo in Lake Worth, Florida, listening to WRMB. Welcome to Open Line, Gustavo. Free of data. Tablet or phone? Paul, I have the tablet. You have the tablet already? Mm -hmm. Good. How is it working good? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, he's on the phone with someone else. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, what? It's called Israel, the land, and... Okay. So I, I got clarification from Courtney. 
Israel, the land and the people photo book is what the offer is from Chosen People Ministries. It's a it's a table uh, photograph book, a coffee table book uh, with great pictures of Israel. What a great time to see this. I think that we need to understand what Israel is like, and what, what it looks like, not just in Bible times, but what it looks like today uh, with with uh, the people that live there. It's a wonderful book. I, I've seen it. I have it. I enjoy it. I think you will too. Go to openlineradio.org and uh, you can scroll down and click on the Chosen People link and that's a wonderful uh, book that you'll enjoy. And Gustavo, now you're back in Lake Worth, Florida, listening on WRMB. Welcome to Open Line, Gustavo. How can I help you? WRMB, Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Quick question. We had a discussion in the Bible, uh, in my Bible church about salvation. According to Acts, it says, and uh, baptize in the name of Jesus for the cleaning of your sins. What is salvation true? Baptizing or just Jesus Christ's love? Well, I, um, I think your question is, do I need to be baptized to be saved? Uh, is that what you're yes. asking? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the main verse that people use about that is Acts 2.38. And what Acts 2.38 says is, Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus the Messiah for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, uh, the Greek grammar is a little, it's not evident in English, but what it's saying is, all of you repent, and if you individually do, each of you do, then be baptized if you've turned to the Lord Jesus. And then all of you goes back, if you all of you repent, you'll be forgiven. The point of it is the baptism phrase grammatically is almost like a parenthesis. It works like this. I'm telling all of you to be baptized, all of you to, be, to repent, and all of you, if you do, will, will be saved, be forgiven. But if you do, individually, you should be baptized. It's not a call for baptism for salvation. It's sort of a corollary, a secondary thing. I hope that that's a quick answer, Gustavo. Thanks for your call. Uh, keep listening to the second hour of Open Line coming up on most of these stations. During the week, you can check out our webpage. During the week. Ah, during the break, uh, check out our webpage, openlineradio.org. It's got all sorts of links there that you'll find helpful. Second hour of Open Line is coming up straight ahead. Many more questions about the Bible, God, and the spiritual life. And my guest, William Washington, will be with me. Open Line with Michael Rydelnik is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.